Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. He's Mario. I'm Murray, and we're here to talk Mississippi State football in the doghouse on the Believe Podcast Network. Welcome back to the doghouse, and if you're new to us, welcome on in. We're presented by our sponsor, Bet Online, where the game starts, and back for this week, ButcherBox. Mmm, protein. I'm your host, David Murray, and he's the All-American Bulldog, 10-year NFL linebacker and proud Mississippi Delta man, Mario Hagan. Well, Mario, we were getting ready for a routine football week here when all of a sudden, uh, the football team's still in the same shape it was, but the Mississippi State administration, top dog is now leaving John Cohen, former player, former coach, six-year AD. He's headed across the state line to Auburn and All I can say right now, without getting on anyone's nerves, at least it happened during an open weekend, because trying to cover this during a game weekend would have probably sent me over the edge. But I don't know from a safe distance out there what your kind of impressions are about uh, uh, Mississippi State now sending its third former AD on to become an athletic director at another SEC school, joining Greg Byrne at Alabama and Scott Strickland at Florida. Well, broken heart. They said they leave. They go elsewhere, and that seems to be the story. And Mississippi State, somehow uh, we get it going, and guys kind of see that they want to be somewhere else. David, I live by the creed. I'm going to uh, love me who loved me back. And for, for Mississippi State Bulldog, uh, uh, Cohen was, John Cohen was great. Scott Strickland had a great time. Greg Byrne, all those guys did a, what we call a, a good job at Mississippi State. But we have to find someone that loves Mississippi State back. And that's the bottom line. It seemed to be that for a while, but obviously, you know, some, sometimes the relationship doesn't stay the same. Best of luck to all those gentlemen, but Bulldog Nation, don't cry, don't fret. Love those who love you back. We'll find the next guy or a lady, and we'll do just fine. I tend to think so because I've looked at the list that Mike Nemeth, your old friend and my former boss, has uh, started assembling on our hot board on Gene's page for possible candidates. I think you can rule one of them out now. A John Curry, currently athletic director at Wake Forest, seems to decide he wants to stay at his alma mater in there. Uh, Jared Benko, I'm not going to shy away from it. He was here several years, hired by Scott Strickland, assisted Cohen. Now he's athletic director at Georgia Southern and having a great couple of years there at a smaller school. But he began his life. At a bigger school, he's a Georgia product. He's worked at Georgia, at Arkansas, at Auburn. So he's seen life on all ends of the NCAA funding and resources and facilities spectrum. I like him. Not going to deny that. little personal factor. I think Dr. Mark Keenum is going to find the right guy. may not be immediately, but nothing really needs doing immediately because all the projects at state, no coaches need firing anytime soon. Uh, every construction project is on cruise control at this point, uh, fully funded and up and operating. So Dr. Keenum and his search people have a chance to look it over. I've communicated with a few, and they still expect this to take at least another week. But somebody will emerge as the new guy. Meanwhile, we've got football to play. And uh, I want your opinion, Mario. You've gone through a lot of open dates, college, pro, all that. Are they good? Are they bad? Or is it just depends? I mean, before we go, I know we don't want to harp on the AD situation too much, but hey. Hire me, baby. I believe Maroon and White. I know football. I can learn I, on the fly, I'm, David. Hire me. I'm <laughs> going to have Mike Nemeth put you on the hot list right now, and we'll start doing your bio. All right. No doubt about it. Uh, yeah, their bye weeks, they're great. They're great if 
you know how to use them. If the players are mature enough to take that time, recover, rest, and some even go back and see family. But a lot of times when you on that college uh, 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 platform, sometimes going back home, depending on where you're from, is not the safest bet. Sometimes guys need to stay on the campus and just re regenerate, uh, revive themselves, their body, their mind on what on what the season uh, uh, puts on their on them. Uh, as coaches, it's a time to go out and recruit for some. Other, it's time to go in as a uh, part of the staff and self-evaluate and look at the run that you have upcoming. And for Mississippi State, it began with an Auburn team uh, this weekend who has, uh, again, you talk about the AD situation, there's a little bit of fire <laughs> going on right there. <laughs> you know, your AD leaves, uh, uh, you enjoy school going to the, the upcoming opponent. Dave, you got to think there's got to be some kind of uh, fire and excitement about playing Auburn this weekend. It's got to have got to have a meaning to it now. Why did Cohen choose Auburn over us? We love you. We wanted you, and you left us. I think it'd be a great. It's a great setup for this weekend's football game. Yeah, you mentioned fire. I think there's fire of different sorts on both ends of this equation this weekend. But first, let's talk about our sponsor. Football is still hot and heavy here. But now basketball's back and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup information, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events, whether that's the NFL, NBA, the NHL, mixed martial arts, tennis, boxing, and even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use our promo code BLEAV, that's all caps, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, the game is starting up 6.30 this weekend on Scott Field. Mississippi State is back off the open date, back on the home field, and nothing's changed in its coaching staff, but Auburn, they probably got even bigger distractions because not only did they have a new athletic director within minutes, practically, of announcing John Cohen is coming in, they announced that Brian Harson is going out. Now, we knew, for all intents and purposes, Coach Harson was a dead man walking. In fact, I think Auburn fans were ready to fire him before this season even began. But now they've dumped him and about half the staff, as I understand. It's going to be a new play caller on offense, unknowns for the defensive game plan, unknowns on the Mississippi State offensive side, how to attack Auburn. What on earth does the coaching staff do, Mario? And that's, that's a tough, tough call right there because when, if you're Mississippi State, you're used to what Brian Harson did. You're used to uh, the type of defense they run. You've studied it for weeks now, weeks on weeks. You prepare for this opponent an uh, 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 ample amount of time before the upcoming game. And now there's a change of pace. Like you mentioned, the unknown. How are they going to attack our defense? How are they going to play Will Rogers and Mike Leach's offense? Will they run a lot of zone? Will they run drop eight and, and rush three? Will they blitz a lot? There are a lot of unknowns. So that, that makes it for an interesting week, coaching and planning. And this is one of those points where you're happy that all of these changes happen during a bye week where you have more than three days to actually practice and prepare if you're Mike Leach, or you're Zach Arnett, you go back and you say, hey, guys, let's go back and study 
Carnell Williams what he knows. He's the interim head coach at Auburn this week. Uh, go, let's study what he knows. You got to think that he's going to have a touch of what Brian Harson had in there. So you can't completely throw Brian Harson's playbook away, but you got to kind of figure out what does Carnell William know? Who is going to be calling the play? When you find that out as a Mississippi State staff, I think you have a better opportunity to prepare until the end. It's just throw it up in the air and see what happens. Mario, I believe your career overlapped a little bit with Cadillac Williams, didn't it? It did. Uh, <laughs> college career and the pro career, so, uh, which uh, he was a great running back. I can't say much for what he, what he is as a coach as he's been on Auburn staff. They've struggled a bit since he's been on the coaching staff, but it'd be a good opportunity for one of their uh, hometown favorites to come in and make a statement, just not this weekend against Mississippi State, I hope. Did you ever have any up-close and personal contact with him on the field, as in running back Cadillac combining with uh, uh, Mario? Uh, absolutely. If you, don't, if you don't remember in the dog bite back in the day, <laughs> it was Hummer Hagen versus Cadillac Williams, man. And so, <laughs> hey, let's just say the Hummer, the Cadillac was a great running back, did a lot of great things, but let's just say that we had our fair share and <laughs> Mr. Hagen wasn't, uh, wasn't on the bottom side too many of those times. No, and after you left, his career certainly took off because I remember the uh, game after Jackie Sherrill announced his retirement, State played Auburn. All thoughts that that dog defense in 2003 would be motivated. Well, Cadillac ran for five touchdowns that day, as I recall. So, yeah. It wouldn't have happened on my watch. Day. It would no. not have, definitely. No way. But, Moving along that line, Auburn's always had good running backs, and they've got Tank Bigsby, all SEC back. He's having a tough year under the circumstances, but this is a guy who, if you don't come ready to play on the defensive side, and especially if the field is kind of damp, as it may well be this weekend, he, with a quarterback with a little bit of footwork there, they could make things tough for the defense if you let them set the tone physically. They, they can. I mean, you got uh, uh, Ashford, Robbie Ashford back there, who's taken a, a, a bit of the running. Yeah, you have to pull the offense down, and you have to – and he runs the ball a lot. So that takes carries away from Tank Bigby. And I think that's probably some of the reason that he struggled a bit. The offense is kind of built around what Ashford – more of what Ashford can't do versus what Ashford can do. And the one thing is that he can run the ball. and you don't want a guy this, – this is not the weekend you want both of them to get going. If I'm Zach Carnett, I continue to let the ball stay in Robbie Ashford's hand. I think you have a better chance of winning the football game. He's not as accurate as a thrower. Uh, from what I've watched, in my opinion, I think he's better running the football. And let's keep it that way. And I think Mississippi State has a, a really, really good chance of winning if they keep the ball in Robbie Ashford's hand, running the ball versus throwing the ball and Tanks Bigby getting his way on the ground. Of course, you and I were watching the game last year down at Auburn when uh, State falls behind 28-3. to At 21-0, you're thinking, well, this game's over, 28-3. You're figuring, do I want to go watch something else on TV or go get a hot dog or whatever? I don't want to endure the rest of this. But Mississippi State scored a touchdown just before the half, and then in the second half, admittedly, both Knicks got a little bit dinged up. But Mississippi State went on an unbelievable run in the second half. Will Rogers set the program record with six touchdown passes total, and Mississippi State pulled off really, to me, kind of a transitional moment for Mike Leach's team because if they had lost that game, they probably don't get bowl eligible the rest of the year, or maybe they scratch into an even lesser bowl than they did. 
that game, first off, it probably more than anything finished off Brian Harson's career. He was dead man after that game. But on top of that, it really showed the Bulldogs that no matter how far you're down, you can come back and make things happen. Air raid, running, defense all around it. If, if your team, you're never out of the game. Most people don't understand at halftime, a two-point, a, a two-touchdown, a three-touchdown lead is only one big play away from being back in the game. So if you have, a, again, I always talk about the veterans. I always talk about a mature team. And I always talk about playing to the whistle and uh, playing to the end of the game, to the clock hits triple zero. And that's what Mississippi State did last year against Auburn. Now, what you don't want, what you don't want is to fall in that same hole again this year. I think the results could be much different. Again, you're walking, you're walking to a situation where Auburn just lost their AD, just lost their coach. They got a new guy, new fire, new speech, new opportunity. A lot of guys that haven't seen time on the field may get the opportunity. So you're going to have uh, – it could go either way. You want this to be an Auburn team that's lost. But a lot of times in these situations, David, you get t- guys that are motivated, guys that playing for new blood, uh, a new face, a fresh voice. You don't want to fall behind this Auburn team this weekend. Again, I think Mississippi State is the better team. I think they have the better players. But Auburn has a lot more to play for this weekend, and Mississippi State doesn't come out and get started early. You know, I ran into Jet Johnson after practice of the day, and we media aren't supposed to really talk to players. This was not an interview, just kind of casual conversation. And uh, he agreed that you don't know what you're going to see from Auburn in that regard, but you expect to see a team that's probably going to play hair on fire, certainly to start the game because they have so much to make up for. And here, maybe the players aren't thinking in this terms yet, Mario, but you've been through coaching changes before, and you know that guys want to put stuff on film for the next coach to see too. So there's a lot of individual motivation to play well in a game. But is there that team motivation? Say State does come out and establish control, certainly by halftime. Do you think there's a chance that maybe the Tigers say, oh, well, it's uh, – Yeah, let's let's just get this over with. They could. And and that's why it's very important for Mississippi State to come out firing on all cylinders. We talked about earlier in the year, David, coming out scoring on the first drive. uh, Fast start, putting up seven points getting that momentum early, getting Will Rogers started early, getting that offense confident, getting a turnover on defense, all attributed to the fast start. Trust me, the Mississippi State comes out firing and they jump on Auburn and say seven to nothing, 10 to nothing, maybe even 14 nothing. I can guarantee you that sideline will be dead. They will have nothing to play for because they've already been in a tough situation with Brian Harson. They're expecting something great from Carnell Williams, the motivation, something fresh and you come out and give us the same thing that we just fired, I don't think they'll have much fight. There's little fight left in them as we speak. But you you, you kick them while they're down, I think they'll stay down. You know, you start bringing up the Bulldog offense. And to me, I'm not so concerned about the defensive team. We talked to Coach Darcel McBath yesterday, and uh, just the fact that they want to come out there and make plays like they were making earlier in the season, maybe didn't make quite so much in the Kentucky and Alabama games. To me, though, the pressure is more on the offensive team, not really to radically change anything they've done, but to evaluate what they were doing right in that winning streak, what went wrong in the Kentucky and Alabama losses. How do you recover that timing, get that confidence back that you had in the win streak, translate it over to the field? I think there's more pressure on the offensive side to just get back to what they were doing 
because when they do it well, they win games. Again, the, the bye week, I, go, I always go back to things I mentioned before, self-evaluation. That's part of self-evaluation. What were we doing when we were putting up 35 points? What were we doing when we were able to run the ball at will? When we were able to go downfield, we were able to hit the intermediate route. Those are the things you have to go back and look at. And a lot of, some of it could be, you know, maybe you want more out of uh, DJ, Dylan Johnson, you want more from him, but you have to put the ball in his hand more. You have to set him up more. Or maybe LaQuinston Sharp, who was a big loss right, uh, in the last couple of games, where he is basically your second quarterback on your offense. He called the, uh, the protection. He tells God what to block. He gets them lined up. And he's just a force on the offensive line. So if you could get him back in the lineup this weekend, get both of those guys started, I think you can have a different-looking Mississippi State offense. I think you're right on that. In fact, that was the next point we were going to mention. If you get LaQuinston Sharp back, and it, hopefully he will be back in the lineup this weekend, he possibly could have played against Alabama, but they said, no, we're going to go through the open date, get our regular center back healthy, full healthy, because it's not just the body, it's the mind as well. Because as you say, he is the quarterback of the offensive line. He's the one who almost tells Will Rogers, here's what you can do, and Will picks what to do. I mean, I exaggerate a little, but you get the idea of just how valuable an old hand like Sharp over the ball looking at the defensive line and linebackers can be. Dylan Johnson, we're not as sure on him. He may be another week away from playing. We don't know because my collegiate staff, like most coaches these days, don't comment directly on injuries and we can't watch practices to see. And frankly, if we did see them coming off the field and reported on it, we'd be the ones in trouble. So not going to do it. Anyway, even if you don't have DJ and Auburn has always been a defensive team, but they've kind of taken a, a turn for the worse in that regard last several years. It's a game for Jaquavius Marks and Simeon Price. If Dylan's not able to go, go out there and show that you can do everything he does. And maybe in the case of Price with more speed or Marks with more moves, do it a little bit better and round out that offensive attack. Because you talk about state running the ball more, you do it when you have a lot more confidence in your backs. If they go out there and prove it, I honestly, Mario, could see, especially again, if the field is damp, because it looks like the rain will come in Friday night and through Saturday morning, I think you got to get out there and show you can just pound the ball right at them, and maybe that more than even the air raid could break Tiger spirits by showing the Bulldogs can run right at you and make it work. Every great football team starts up front, and if you're great up front and you can impose your will by moving that Auburn defensive front, you give your running backs, whether it's Marks, whether it's Johnson. Hell, you put Austin Williams back there. You move that line and those guys have holes to run, then you can impose your will and you can take over a game. So in my opinion, it really comes down to who wants it most. Who has the best front line, the Mississippi State offensive line, or is it the Auburn defensive line? That would dictate the game across the board, especially with the weather that's being expected on Saturday afternoon. DJ or no DJ, the running game was set up, Will Rogers and the passing attack, which, David, I'm still trying to figure out who is my go-to receiver. It's <laughs> great having a plethora of guys that can catch the ball, but when it's fourth quarter, it's the fourth quarter, and I am going down and they have the best defensive player I need a man that I know I'm drawing this play up to, and he is going to catch that ball, and you know it. The crowd know it. 80,000 people, the people on TV know it. 
We still have not found that guy. I don't know if it's the air raid offense or it's just the type of talent that lies at receiver. But I am still waiting for that guy to show up each week and be that man that mama talks about. You know, you mentioned that, and we still harped last week and the week before, of course, about the drops. Uh, they were so blatant at Alabama. Now, again, would State have won that game if those balls were caught? Quite possibly not. But it sure is more competitive if they're catching balls that are right on the numbers in the hands. And some guys who had been catching the balls, let's be very fair, they weren't throwing to anybody who has not made plays this year. For some reason, they just did not make plays against Alabama. We can talk about whether it was in their head, in their hearts, Alabama's defense, whatever. You mentioned Austin Williams. You can go back and say, well, what if you'd thrown to Austin instead of, say, Jaden Wally on that fourth and three in the first series? Does the game go differently? And now we'll never know. Was Alabama scheming for Williams and wanted it to go to him? that only the review can show that, but your point is well made. I tend to think that the go-to guys right now would, would be Austin and maybe Rufus Harvey, who I still am not sure why he didn't start against Alabama. So something was going on in the receiver core the last couple of weeks that kind of uh, went against the grain, especially in the Alabama game. That's another group that's got to get back to it. And we talked to Austin Williams Tuesday and he was blunt. He said, we just got to get back to making plays and, treating it if the ball's in the air it's going to be ours maybe they lost some of that attitude there uh, everything you just said in the last 90 seconds david come back to who is that man could it have been austin on fourth and three could it have been Jaden wally could it have been rufus harvey if they established themselves we know who it should have been the ball would have gone there but since we don't know who that guy is yet we we line up and we wonder who it can be. Again, establish yourself. We don't talk about because it's Alabama. They may have dropped the ball. No, 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 that's not acceptable. Because it's Auburn, they may drop the ball. If you're that man and we discover who that is, that man doesn't drop the ball. You know he's going to make that play. And so right now, again, who is going to step up in the last quarter of this football season when the Mississippi State offense discover who that is? I think they can finish the season on a roll and get into a nice bowl game. But until then, we are going to talk every week about what could have been instead of what is. I'm going to turn that around and say, I think I know who the man is. And his name is Will Rogers. It's not the one catching the ball so much. It's who's throwing the ball. I and, disagree, David. I think, uh, and, and that's why you're a defensive player. And I'm a writer. <laughs> but I will say this. Uh, I'll pass this along, too, from what Austin told us. And we asked him, what has Will been like after going through the last few games and going through the film? He said, Will just was almost obsessively diving into the game video, looking at it, evaluating, figuring out what happened, what didn't happen, why, why not. He said he did the things that a leader, not just a quarterback, but a leader is supposed to do because, hey, with all the records he has and the fact that nobody's going to push him out of that position, maybe Will could have relaxed a little bit. Instead, he's attacking it as if he's got to hang on to his job by his fingernails. And I think that reflects the fact they realize this season could get away if you don't cling to it with everything you've got. Uh, the state's going to get bowl eligible. They're going to beat East Tennessee State. But as you say, what bowl do you want to go to? And this weekend is your first step towards getting a better bowl or staying out of Birmingham. 
David, I got a, I got a question for you. And, and it's great that Will Rogers is attacking it like his job is on the line. And we all know that it's not on the line. But, David, if you were stuck on the side of the road tonight at, at 1 o'clock a.m. and you pick up your phone, how many people can you call to come get you? Exactly. All right. So you know who you can call that's going to get up out of that bed and come and get David Murray and going to be ready to come uh, wherever you are and going to come get you, right? You can depend on that person. That's what Real Rogers needs. He needs the guy that no matter what the situation is, that he can go to him. And again, we can argue makes for a great conversation. I just don't think he trusts that person yet. I, I haven't seen it. Yeah, he can throw a football to him. He can throw the play that's called and find the open guy. But I need that guy that I don't care if he's double team. I know that he's going to catch that football. And I want the defense to know that I'm going to this guy and you just can't stop him. That's what Mississippi State needs. That receiver court needs to establish somebody in that. Will Rogers needs to establish who that guy goes to before Mississippi State takes the next level on offense. I think you're right in that regard because it's going to be up to the quarterback to pick him out and the player to prove he's worthy of it. And there are guys we know can do it. Caleb Ducking having a great year here. Uh, State has tended to get away from him some games, so maybe force the ball back to him. Ra-Ra Thomas, one week he's there, next week he's not. Is it the scheme? Is it the defense? Is it just a lack of trust, as you say? I don't know. Only the team knows, and to some extent the coaches, because this is something players sooner or later have to do for themselves and settle. A coach can't say, no, he's your guy. The guy has to show the rest of the team, I am the guy, and you understand that from both sides of the ball better than anyone. Yeah. I am the guy. You said it. Those words. When we line up, when he called the play, we'll already know, hey, they can call whatever play is called. We'll need to say, I am going to Caleb. The hell with what Mike Leach just called. I'm not throwing this to Austin right now. I know Caleb is catching it. So this is where I'm going. This is where I'm looking. Caleb, don't let me down. And that is the attitude they need to take. I'm not saying don't throw it to any other guy. But we all have to have that friend, that receiver, that person that we can count on. And that needs to happen, David. I'm looking forward to seeing it develop. I'm looking forward to it happening. Then I'm looking forward to Will Rogers becoming a better quarterback when that happens. So I'm pulling for all things possible for Mississippi State to find that true identity in that playmaker. And this is the weekend to get it going as 6.30 Saturday evening, Mississippi State returns to play, hosting Auburn, a team they shocked last year with a huge comeback. This year, as Mario says, let's don't do any shocking unless it's shock Auburn out of wanting to play ball by coming out with a big start to the game and taking control of it by halftime, maybe even in the first quarter. Well, we'll let that play out as it does as Mike Leach's team. Five and three with uh, quite a few good bowl options available if you go out there and win the games the rest of the way. There are still some ticket packages left for the Auburn game. $99 gets you four tickets plus a parking pass. And trust me, having been around the SEC 40 years, there's nothing more valuable than a parking pass in SEC football. That's still available. There's also ticket packages of ticket packages available for East Tennessee State. The Georgia game is a hard sellout. In fact, we're told even the press box for a change is going to be full with Georgia media coming in. And I know you'll be tuned in as much as you can to that Georgia-Tennessee battle this weekend, which sets up the SEC East. So a lot of good football, but the game we care about on Scott Field. Mario, I hope we give you something enjoyable to watch and even better to talk about next week. There's no doubt. The Bulldogs will come out and well-rested. 
well motivated to go out and beat this Auburn team if they understand what's online on the line for them for the rest of the season. I have faith in the staff. I have faith in the players. And all I can say is, hell, state and go dogs. And you heard it from the dog himself. That's our show for today. The Doghouse here on the Believe Network, sponsored by Bet Online, where the game begins. And if you guys like what you're hearing, why not give us a rating on Apple Podcasts? How about it? So, Mario, I'll be talking to you next week. Until then, uh, best of luck with the family and their sports ventures as well. And uh, you've got not too far away from Thanksgiving happening out there. Yeah, yeah, well, David, I'm trying not to eat too much, man. Stomach's already big <laughs> at my old age, so I'm going to lay off the turkey because I don't want to look like one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you talk about old age, and, and thank you for not commenting about that on my end of things, but we'll be talking to you next week, Mario. So, as you said, hail state. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.